Jam 1990 Snarf Plus Lady and the Tramp Remember back when you felt emotions Jeff Gold Mike Bees Couldn't you Star hear me? Wars. That was me under the Mandalorian mask. The good shit. Oh, I think that you talked more than in the first two episodes combined. I thought it was Tom Hardy the whole time. Hello. Welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast. Uh, healthy mix of fun banter mm-hmm. and careful critical analysis. Yeah. Hey. Yes. Hi. Yes, I'm it hi. is. I'm hey. Ernest. I am Hunter. I'm Drew. And... We're we're chomping at the bit this week because mm. it's a day late pod and uh, when I I'm, I'm I'm fiending I'm in the midst of no nut November so I have all this energy and I've been I'm wanting to put it into content instead of nutting all over the place like I usually do. See, I've been taking the opposite person. I've only been eating nuts for all of my meals. I've you, just been eating almonds and cashews. So it's called no nut. November. I thought it was just nut November. <laughs> nut November. I thought that's. I've been that's, coming you five go on times the nut a day. Diet. Um, <laughs> Whenever I feel a little horny, I just. Hey, jack we off. should say the weather's a little chilly. We don't have fans mm. blasting the pod studio right yeah, now. That's right. Just yeah, a, we sound a, dryer. a little bit more clear. Feels great. Yeah, high fidelity. Mm-hmm. No sweat. It's not a wet pod anymore. It's not. I'm we wearing sh- a jacket. We should yeah. also say it ended up being kind of a good thing that we're probably a day late because otherwise we would have missed out on. Probably the news of the year, at least. Maybe the news of the 21st century. It's it's um, right behind all the Renner stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's <laughs> fair, that's fair. Um, second place of all time. Um, yes, Nicolas Cage. Our Lord and Savior, Nicolas Cage. The greatest actor of his or any other generation is going to be playing himself in a movie. Is this confirmed? It's confirmed. He has confirmed it himself. Um, it's about, it's pretty much from what I've been able to tell, there is a period of time whenever it's called, a creatively unfulfilled is the name of the project. Hmm. And it's based on a story of his, uh, wedding that he had in Vegas that he got oh annulled boy. like five days later. This already sounds perfect. Yeah. It sounds like the greatest Nicolas Cage thing ever. And I can't tell you how excited I am about this project. I can, and it's very. It's I'm very. Excited. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm so excited for this. His choices are always so damn bizarre. Mm. This is his this honey is the, boy. Yeah, this is the yeah. This is the <laughs> natural conclusion to his career. He's gonna die after this. Mm-hmm. Well, so he kind of, in a way, Nicolas Cage kind of reminds me of Adam Sandler with their career, where they do like nine for you and one for me with yeah. their movie choices. Well, uh, I would say that Cage does a lot more that are for no one. Well, okay, yeah, not for... Well, they're for, like, sketchy, like, Russian funders. <laughs> yeah, they're for, like, Saudi oil. Yeah. Money. I, uh, I'm excited for this. Um, I was once a non-believer in Nicolas Cage's ability, and wow. I have since been, uh, I just love everything that he does. Yeah. Um, if you just want somebody to just be fucking crazy, hmm. he is the greatest person in the world for that. That's true, yeah. and we're because we're gonna get into Disney Plus. Uh, so this is actually a good segue because the first thing that I watched on Disney Plus was National Treasure. National Treasure Two. <laughs> Did they Secrets. not have the first one? It is not available yet, which is a common theme with about half of the things that I've tried yeah. to watch on that stupid fucking <laughs> Including website. Including Max Keebler. It's so silly like just don't put it on like it's a tease i I know it's so frustrating i was talking about this with you off mic because uh i was telling gaia they had a luxo jr which those of you don't know that's the 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 pixar the pixar lamp it was a short film that came out pre there being any pixar motion pictures it was on there i was really excited to be like oh man i've seen this like once before but it's been a long time i put this on and i clicked on it said it's available November of 2021. Jeez. They advertise for something that's two years until it's available. It needs to, because I understand the marketing reasoning for like putting the tiles up now so that you don't cancel because you're like, there's always a timer in your head of like, oh, only like a year until Keeble. I better hold on to my (laughs) subscription. But they need to like fade them or something. Like, 
you know, I know they're Put not like going to line on. Them yeah, like they're not going to some sort of coming soon label. Yeah, because I know that they're not going to separate them from the sea of content because the whole thing of it is that it, you know, it's part of an ocean. But they need. Yeah, just like maybe like a sepia tone, like a black and white tile <laughs> instead of regular. Yeah. I don't know. It's frustrating the shit out of me. Netflix does that when you thumbs down something it grays it out. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. Well, now that we're seamlessly transitioned into Disney Plus, it's here. Mm. It's here. And my week trial already ran out. Yeah, mine did too. I was charged. Yeah. Um, I was not charged. Mm. So now I have to pony up and, and pay the mouse. And I will say, when I signed up, it was pretty seamless because I did it through the Apple TV Plus app. Um, so my all of my information was already through Apple. But I guess my credit card was outdated on my Apple ID. Mm. So that's why when it tried to renew. That's that's smart. It didn't do it. That's clever. Uh, so now I got to decide if um, I how badly I want to watch episode three of the Mandalorian. Well, let me let me pitch you on the other projects. That, yeah, we got um, other stuff. I, other than, me and Hunter me, as a whole have been the, through almost all of the, the original only, content. The only other thing I did want to say, though, is that when I did press the download and install button, I felt my soul leave my body and go to the taint of Satan himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not news. But <laughs> who's so you're saying it was Satan's asshole. Does Satan's asshole happen to be in the form of a live action Disney animated remake? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly the form. Um You got it. <laughs> was that your Mickey Mouse? <laughs> Jesus. That was kind of terrifying. Um Help me, Mr. Iger. <laughs> not again. You better listen. So or 2019 I'll... Lady in the Tramp. Your face. Um, <laughs> the newest the new man it's it, we're recording a little bit later than normal we're running on all cylinders tonight mm. um i'm feeling random <laughs> <laughs> i'm feeling a little hyper um 2018 lay in the tramp the newest in the uh leftover disney... cinematic universe <laughs> yeah daddy in the road disney uh discarded mm-hmm. recycled and lesser version of itself uh universe yeah, i mean you ever use um, recycled paper towels they're not as good <laughs> That's good. This is what these movies Fuck are. Fuck the earth. Um, I mean, I still use them. Listen. So, so Lady of the Tramp say, is eco-conscious. <laughs> and not only that, it's a, it's conscious with your time. So are they CGI and, or not? So that's... I was going to get into that because I think that I was like sitting there watching this movie. Um, caveat. I did put this movie on as background noise at first while I was playing the new Pokemon game review pending on the podcast. Um, and... I kind of got a little bit more sucked into it than I planned on being, mostly because into what into Pokemon or no into Lady into the, the movie into okay. the movie. Um, I think that the Lion King burned me and I'll pro- probably say all of us. Um, mm-hmm. it burned us so bad. Not like I had expectations for it, but that movie felt so goddamn soulless. Mm-hmm. It had no heart whatsoever that I kind of just left feeling nothing. Yeah. Um, where I will say this is it's it's not I won't say it's good because, again, this is just recycled IP for a movie that I don't even know if a lot of people have nostalgia for Lady and the Tramp. Um What do you guys have a relationship to the original movie? I just remember the racist As, cats. <laughs> well, they do fix that at least. Yeah. Um, oh, good. This so, time they're black. <laughs> yes but (laughs) lateral move some are saying but um but uh i i think that one reason why always a hunk or is this a new thing i think it's just daddy thoreau just makes whatever i mean he's the tramp was like cool right he's he's alluring he's a cool like loner he's he's that lone wolf character yeah like the aristocats the same deal yeah yeah it's i Almost exactly the same deal as the Aristocats. Yeah, almost eerily um, the same. It's almost like they're the same movie. Um, well, Aristocats has the uh, everybody wants to be a cat. Yeah, you know the jazz cats. Yeah, hell yeah. And brother. they like bring they literally bring the house down. Memories all alone in the oh, moon. Um, okay, I thought that's what you guys were talking about, cats. Um, I think that one reason why Lady and the Tramp is more successful than some of the other movies is that. The movie is mostly, like, live action. Like, only certain parts of it are animated. I will say, 
Um, it doesn't make sense why this was uh, straight to Disney Plus because some of the animation is not very polished. Interesting. All of Justin Thoreau's stuff, maybe it's because he's a shaggy dog. It all looks great. Um, the first scene where Tessa Thompson actually talks on Lady uh, made me kind of want to vomit. It mm. looked a little bit like Cats and Dogs. Remember the movie Cats and Dogs? Yeah. But those are real animals, and they just, like, move their mouth. That's what it kind of looks like in that scene. It looks very uncanny and unsettling. Um, I think that overall, though, it's it's a solid movie. Good voice acting. Um, Sam Elliott? Really good Sam Elliott. I was going to say, Sam Elliott just has one of those voices that's just great. Um, it. It's the same movie as the original uh, Lady and the Tramp, aside from instead of Siamese cats, they have, like, fun, kind of vaguely black cats. Oh, um, I was just kidding. But uh, they, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> they definitely of are course, uh, of course not they quite right. They will um, in my racist pitch. There is a, but it's not, it, it, it's not an offensive song like the We Are Siamese song that is <laughs> very poor taste. Um, it's okay. It was 95. We didn't know any better. Hey, Benedict um, Wong is in this. Yeah, Benedict Wong is in there. When did the... As the bulldog. The original didn't come out in 95, did it? Uh, no, it's way older. Yeah, it's old. Something. I don't know. 19. The 20th century. <laughs> it's all the same. And there was 55. Long. Yeah, it's old as yeah. fuck. That, I, meant, I meant 75, not 95, yeah. but I was Imagine them off. doing that song in 95. <laughs> they did in 2015. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um uh, Jesus, you guys keep making me lose my track <laughs> of my notes here that I had for this movie. Um, Tessa Thompson's great, of course, yeah, as she her. is in everything. Good um, voice. I, uh, I, I think that it's solid. It's worth watching. Um, it's not a total waste of your time. I will say another thing that I was talking with Drew about off mic is that they try to make this movie uh, more quote-unquote woke in that, of course, As they don't they have the do. Siamese cats and everything else. But also, is this Lady is Lady really into science in this one? <laughs> they don't make her a, a STEM girl. Oh. Um, but <laughs> this is set in like old timey London, and there's like a lot of wealthy black people. Um, I don't know if you know what was going on in London back in the day, but it wasn't much better than it was in the U.S. Mm. That's uh, so, that's called erasure. Yeah, <laughs> is that worse than just having only white people? Yeah, erasure is trying to is pretend really like that didn't happen and like racism really, didn't exist. Really, it's an alternate universe. Well, how wh- how much of the movie even hinges on being in an old timey world? They could have just made it in the modern world if they wanted it to be more diverse, right? They could have. I mean, I feel like it might take away a little bit from the yeah. actual atmosphere itself but like everywhere you look in this movie there's biracial couples and you're like that wasn't a common thing back then pretty Mm -hmm. much anywhere in the world especially not in london in this time period and this we cannot we don't want this to be misconstrued into thinking that we just don't like seeing that the problem is that 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 is erasing a past of oppression and hate (laughs) it's acting as if it didn't happen that's also like not even the point of the movie at all um also uh wanted to give a shout out to uh our boy arturo castro um, who you might recognize, he's in um, Broad City as the the gay best oh, friend nice. guy. Uh, he's the person who works at Tony's at the Italian restaurant, and I had no idea he was in the movie. I was like, the oh, waiter. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I there's like certain moments of the movie that actually do have some emotional resonance to them. I mean, it's a Disney movie, an old timey Disney movie, so it's all very predictable. Also, we've already seen the movie before. I have to keep reiterating mm. that. Um, but yeah. It's a solid, solid Lady time. and the Tramp. Are we slated to see more of these remakes as Disney Plus exclusives? I feel like they... Mulan's going to theaters, yeah. right? Well, I feel like they can do that with something like this. This, you can tell, had a lower budget, and they didn't really have to put in as much time in the editing to make sure everything looked nice and polished for an IMAX screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. So, Fair yeah, enough. Probably. Um so speaking we'll of get the live action Black Cauldron straight to Disney Plus. Oh yes. Speaking of tramps, uh, <laughs> one of Hollywood's most notorious real life tramps uh, has a new Disney Plus docu series made through National Geographic, which is also tacked onto this whole monopoly uh, streaming service. It's called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Did you watch so, any of this, Hunter? Uh, no, I did not. Based on your recommendation, you? I do have a question. Nope. Yeah, good. Is is Bad. Daddy Goldblum as hot as Daddy Thoreau? He uh no Thoreau as is a dog. Well, Thoreau's younger. I mean Thoreau is like a hot Goldblum but is Goldblum's like Goldblum's like wise. 
Goldblum be fucking like 20 year old women <laughs> Oh jeez Which I'm not saying that Thoreau doesn't But he also has a wife which is noble yeah. He just cheats on her with 20 year old women <laughs> Goldblum's like he'll fuck anything he... Any species <laughs> Probably Is that in the show? It's a bad show <laughs> um, I didn't get to Ep 2 The title of it was Bestiality Because um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not true Every episode is a new topic so this is it's like one of those it's trying to be one of those like Vox explained type docu-series that have a lot of like cool graphics and they involve, you know, people going around and interviewing, uh, you know, with the Vox series, there isn't an actual host on, you know, on that show. It's just like a narrator and then like interviews and footage. And this has Jeff Goldblum uh, phoning in from across the world like he it's like he showed up every day, hung over his shit. And he was like, okay, I just I just have to kind of just like do the charm, you know, do the Goldblum thing, right? And they're they like, added this to my Ragnarok contract. I didn't even notice. He's like, can I just like, can I cash my $10 million check today or do I have to wait until it's, I finish shooting all the episodes? It was, it was very disappointing. I barely got through the first episode. Uh, I was watching this with friend of the pod, Nathan, and at one point we just kind of turned to each other like, <laughs> this is bad. This is bad, right? And he was like, yeah, no, I would have turned this off like, a long time ago <laughs> like it's Yikes. it's just simply they you know they give him the graphics they give him the topic the first episode is about sneakers for whatever fucking reason uh and he goes deep into the world of sneaker culture and, and he has to act like really interested well yeah they put him in interesting scenarios that like a good tv host would do well in but he's not a tv host he has never been this he's an actor uh and he was not given lines <laughs> for the first time in his life <laughs> So he he doesn't know what to do. He's just doing nothing. So somebody in the Disney Plus offices thought it'd be a good idea to just let Goldblum be Goldblum. Yeah, because he is a meme. Like he, and he is charming in certain doses and situations. He's very charming. Like I love the meme of Goldblum. I like he's funny. Like the little noises he makes, the way he uses his hands. Like he he's an interesting guy. So the idea is like there, but he just is He's almost just nothing. He's adding so little to this. In fact, sometimes he's actively taking away from how good the show could be, which I'm not saying this would be a very regular show no matter who was hosting it. Like, it's literally just it's like the most broad idea in the world. Like every episode, we're going to talk about a thing, yeah. you know, like that, that could be anything. Yeah. Uh, but like there was one situation. I feel like I told you guys this already because it. I lost my mind when this happened. They attached Goldblum's brain to like a series of nodes and they were like scanning his face or something to see how he reacts to seeing sneakers because this <laughs> yeah because he's talking to like this guy who like is way higher up at like Nike or Adidas or whatever and this guy's like yeah so when you when you see the uh you see the sneaker you make happy face it'll know you're happy it's, and it has you know there are all these little lines it looks like audio track lines for emotions though and he explains all this. He's like, yeah, no. So it'll, you know, the way that the shoe looks will affect how you feel. And then he looks at it, you know, he makes the faces and stuff. And he's looking at the graph, Goldblum is. And he's like, so you're saying that the way that I feel depends on how it looks? Which is what was just, <laughs> it's what was just said, like, five for five whole minutes. Like, he he's just not there, man. Like, he's somewhere else. <laughs> I, he's like barred out or something i think i really think he was just kind of hungover. like i don't think he wants to be there it was it was very bad it was bad tv uh i hated it <laughs> i'm yes. sorry jeff like yes. i i like i love you in a small part in a movie i love you but you're not a host your personality is great for like a jimmy fallon five minute interview that's pre-screened and pre-ordained mm -hmm. but not when you're asked to carry any load like he can't do it or maybe it's for the 48 year old mom that just wants to put something on in the background and not really and pay jack attention. off <laughs> well there's also i mean th this show is getting negative reviews partly because oh, of it? that and then also partly because of the whole jeff goldblum news that came out last week where uh he said some stuff about uh, how he would love to work with Woody Allen and he believes that you are innocent until proven guilty oh, in this country yeah. and all kinds of other stuff, which is not great. So yeah. not Jeff. a good not a good week for my guy Jeff. Oh, Goldblum said, man. fuck them kids. Really, Disney, the Disney All-Stars are all big Woody Allen fans because him and ScarJo just keep riding. They yeah. just keep, they're like, no, I will work with him because I want my career to go well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, yeah. 
really ask, uh, ask Justin Timberlake how that went after the last Woody <laughs> Allen movie that he made. The thing is, maybe listen. I only did see one up. Maybe he writes the ship, but I saw it and I was like, this man cannot host a show where he is not given all of his lines. He just can't do it, and that's unfortunate. But sorry, Jeff. Anyway, uh, much much better stuff is on the horizon mm. for us because uh, High School Musical colon the musical colon the series parentheses did you get it parentheses we got it uh dash the podcast yeah uh it is it's out i think there are only two episodes out they're doing a slow roll um i watched one uh and it was like a good deal better than what i thought it would be it's nothing I will continue to is watch. It American it's Vandal. Like, it's a good yeah. show. Like well, it's a good like as far as like kids television goes. Exactly. And it is very much like an algorithm type show because all the people who grew up just full on like high school musical is my life, uh, now they are full on the office is my life or full on parks and rec is my mm-hmm. life. So they made a show that is and very much in the style of The Office, but it is about High School Musical. And it has this whole meta contextual thing going on where, you know, it's this fictional universe where High School Musical still happened. And it's the kids who go to the actual school that it was filmed at. But they're all like they all know it was filmed there. And they're like, oh, my God, we're big fans of High School Musical. And they are trying to do musicals. And they're like basically the 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 first episode sets up the fact that like a new story that's like kind of similar to high school musical is happening in this school where high school musical happened uh fascinating yeah it's i mean it's a concept there there's more here than i thought there would be like in terms of the i've been watching a bunch of shit lately listen mm. i've been watching a lot of like hallmarky christmas movies well, you, you you have to sometimes it's i have no choice it's getting christmasy time you gotta yeah. put on some like hot garbage and this this well, has you can, you, you can only appreciate the high school musicals if you endure the jeff goldblum <laughs> this is say. better than jeff goldblum's fucking show it honestly is and like i wouldn't like i wouldn't rag on a teen for watching this like it's it's fine especially if, if you consider it children's entertainment it's probably better than High School Musical if we're not going to have our nostalgia goggles on because that was, like, shitty, you know? So, so I did have a question because it seems like – I mean, I really, like, at first I was like, this is the stupidest thing ever, partially because the name is just horrendous. Um, it's a joke, parentheses, did you get it? Yeah. <laughs> I, like – that kind of turned me off from it. But then whenever I thought about it, like, the concept is kind of cool there, that it is this kind of meta-commentary. My question is, do you think that – a teenager who doesn't have nostalgia for high school musical would get anything out of this show. Maybe. Uh, I don't know, because even if you go a few years younger than us, those people still. Yeah. Love, they're in high school high musical school three. Musical. Um, but I think that it's going to get all the 20 somethings who just like uh, swimming in a sea of nostalgia. Like I, I which think, is what Disney plus is. I mean, you're yeah. scrolling through this website and it's like, hit after hit after hit of nostalgia but also it is a more realistic look at high school even though it's still not realistic at all it's it's more so than the fucking those movies those were insane but this is more realistic it's also it looks like it's going to be a more in-depth look at high school theater so it's going to get the theater kids to watch nice um which is you know that's good uh like there, there there's a big slant there like it's it's very much like the second I saw like the theater scene, I was like, "This is a lot more like what theater kids are like than High School Musical, where Sharpie is just like everybody get out of my way." You know, yeah. it's not like that. Like they're plenty annoying, but <laughs> I did, not in that way. I did want to say because uh, we do uh, shit on nostalgia a lot on this podcast, and rightfully so. But I will say the first, uh, like, or I guess the first thing I watched whenever I made it up was Mandalorian, just because it was right fucking there in my face. I did um, Simpsons first, but. I've been going back watching The Simpsons, and I also had a chance to revisit Wally, which is the first time I had seen that movie since I was a little kid, and since all the Pixar movies are there, and it's it's a great. Are like, they I, all actually on there? Most of them are. Okay. Most of the Pixar movie, the Pixar well, library it's, is on there. Yeah, I don't think it's so much that nostalgia is inherently bad as uh, ba- banking on it the way that they are oh, is yeah. is rough, and especially when you're sacrificing better content for this content. But hey, you know it's the most powerful nostalgia of all mm. star wars nostalgia that's true i'm not i'm not gonna watch the mandalorian um, yeah so well I'll, I'll just go ahead and say you don't have to yeah it's not it's not i mean 
the the main takeaway I got from it is that I think it's totally fine to have just kind of like a down the middle good show. That's fine. It doesn't have to be the greatest prestige work of art. You know, I think your your take that Star Wars is is overall okay is the 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 greatest trick the devil ever pulled, really. <laughs> And that's, that's so nice of you to say. And in the fallout of, of Solo and Lucasfilm um, kind of reconfiguring their whole strategy, I think overall this is a win. This is a win to have a show that's not really trying to do too much and not really trying to be this big, um, you know, adult artsy thing. It is very kid friendly uh, and it's not doing the same mistakes that george lucas did with the prequels and it's not trying to like be this thematic rich text like the last jedi um and and it's also not trying to be this nostalgia bomb of the force awakens and jj abrams so it's kind of like almost in this rogue one-esque field where it's like similar to things that you know but also different in in this kind of newer light Baby, um, baby Yoda. Yeah. So I, yeah. I did want to say, because I feel like I'm higher on this show than you. Um, I don't think that like it's amazing or anything, but I think the first two episodes, especially the second episode, I think that I, I, I'm in on this show. Like I'm going to keep watching it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm it's like, not, like I said, it's not it bad. It looks fucking incredible. Like it is the way that it is shot and directed and everything is great. Um, there is an inherent problem to this show, which is going to be a character problem because yeah. we are following a literally a faceless bounty hunter, yep. um, which is going to cause issues. But I like how the show, like it does have action sequences, but otherwise it does feel a little bit slow. And I like that. Like it feels very much like a Western. It is kind of getting back to those old roots of Star Wars, which was what if we put cowboys in space? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's different than how George Lucas did it um, well, back in the day because he had these characters with Leia and Han and, and Luke that really brought something new to the table. And obviously he was pulling a lot from Westerns um, to kind of uh, kind of flesh out the, the tapestry in the background. This show doesn't have that. It's Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, you know, there are some kind of secondary characters like the the little baby Yoda and the Nick Nolte and the mm. Carl Weathers. Love Nick the, Nolte. Nick Nolte. The, yeah, wow. Nick Nolte is yeah. great as like a space pig man. And Werner Herzog. <laughs> Werner Herzog. I mean, there are aspects to the show that I almost feel like these things, like we might never see Werner Herzog again. Maybe he'll pop up like one more time. Um, but the central character is a dude who's not taking his helmet off. And I think that's a huge problem because I can't, I can't bring myself to really get invested in him. The choice to put that little baby Yoda in there is masterful though, because it's, it just works in it, such a way. It's insanely viral. I'll tell you that. Yeah. People are nuts. But in the context of the show, there is this layer of mysteriousness yeah, and intrigue it's to who not, this character is. It doesn't and, have the the a lot of times like the Disney, especially Pixar movies, fall victim to this a lot where they have like a token cute character mm -hmm. that's something just for kids. It kinda is that. It is that, but I mean Baby Yoda definitely does have some kind of it's definitely actually playing a role in the plot. Right. Like I love, I love Coco. But whenever you think about the dog and Coco, the dog and Coco mm -hmm. is there to sell stuffed animals. Of or the even dog and Coco, or even the Porgs in Last Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's just, just there. that's yeah. just a thing where this does actually feel like it um, has some kind of resonance. Another thing that I wanted to say, uh, aside from just westerns, is that this show and it was in some review or something they were talking about a little bit about this, but. The show has a lot of samurai vibes to it of classic Japanese movies, and I think I touched on it a couple months ago, but uh, back uh, whenever Criterion Channel first came out, I went on a deep dive of Kurosawa films, yeah. and there definitely is like some kind of elements of like Seventh Samurai kind of stuff that they put into this movie, which 
I love that it was more so, it was less in the themes of The Last Jedi than in the imagery itself, but some of these, like, evoking these themes of samurais in space instead of cowboys in space. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I, I like I said, like, I, I really do think that this is a really good show, and I'm I'm definitely in on it for the long haul. I gotta, I gotta renew my my disney plus for that third episode i i i have a feeling i might wait for a couple episodes to stack up so i can binge it because one of the good things about this show that i love is the episodes are short yes they're that less is, than oof, 40 minutes oof, oh, that's 33 cool. minute long episodes yeah. makes me so, so happy it, it, you keeps no it, it keeps it short and to the point uh doesn't overstay its welcome at all and it ends with these beautiful concept art uh yeah. images over the fantastic uh Gorenson score and uh, honestly, the the concept art is like the best part of the episode in some ways, just because I I you never see that you know I, I always stick around through the credits to watch all the concept art and stuff. I did want to yeah. say because you brought up the score and Ludwig Göransson's score is just awesome. Yeah, it, it's, fucking it it really like it because I mean whenever you're making a Star Wars piece, it's hard to rival something like John Williams score right. that is. Probably the most iconic thing of Star Wars is you hear the theme and you immediately associate it with a certain feeling and certain scene in the Star Wars mm-hmm. universe. And I think that Gorenson has just been killing it, especially because you have a mostly silent character. Right. So the score has to do so much heavy lifting. Exactly. So much of the show is silent. Mm-hmm. There's very, very little dialogue. And uh, there are moments where that works. But overall, like I wasn't a huge fan of it, especially in the first episode. I just... I was kind of bored most of the time that first episode. Hmm. I wasn't really Didn't into like it. Didn't like Bot? I thought he was. I thought he was fun. <laughs> I thought he was fun, but it, it just that first episode. I was like, "What? What is going on with this? This is not getting me." And then the second episode hit. I thought that one was much much better. I thought the whole action sequence with the rhino alien thing was really well done, and obviously like really getting tons of baby yoda in there uh i loved it i loved it and i love with this character like kind of what he's opening up in the lore because i think this show is pleasing the fans that are diehard star wars lore heads because there's so many little easter eggs thrown in to kind of hint towards that and honestly like i was kind of lost with some of those things like i wasn't sure um what I was supposed to know about some of these races or some of these uh, kind of characters or things like that. Uh, I was kind of just along for the ride. Like the, the show opens with Horatio Sands as this blue alien. And I was like, what? Okay. Well, good for him. Sure. But then there's these dialogue moments that are like going into some deep lore stuff. Mm. And it kind of turned me off a little bit, but I feel like the second episode kind of uh, laid off of that a little bit and just let the the dynamic between the Mandalorian and, and Baby Yoda just sort of cook for a little can bit. Can Baby Yoda talk? No. Mm-mm. He can make little noises. He can be like... <laughs> he doesn't do that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does that. Christmas, Christmas time is here. But uh, yeah, I, I just I feel like a lot of people have been saying that uh, Lucas never revealed much about Yoda's species, and mm-hmm. you know, like where he comes from, who he is as as a as a, a species or anything like that. So there's all sorts of theories flying around about this character. Like, is he Yoda in some way? Is he related to Yoda? Yeah, uh, a lot could be happening here. Uh, a lot that might kind of forge a new path for star wars overall um, it might or might not relate to um rise of sky skywalker it probably won't um but i i'm kind of fascinated by this character i think they did a really good job at uh at keeping it secret for as long as they could because i was genuinely surprised to to see that at the very end of ep1 and it is a good touch to see that in this show i was not expecting the show to be this i I am happy that it's also not a super dark and gritty show because I think that's also something that people were talking a lot about is like, oh, finally, we're going to get a grown up Star Wars show for grown ups. You'll get that when you grow up, which is never. (laughs) Yeah. And and I'm glad I'm glad it's not that I'm glad that that they are keeping it. Um, 
more more tame. I, I think sometimes it, it is a little too tame. Uh, I think it could get a little bit more rough, but it's I, Disney. There's going to be a ceiling on now. Yeah, but I I mean I I love like I said I love that action sequence with the rhino, and I loved uh, kind of seeing the Mandalorian in, in peril and covered in mud and shit and it, that kind of stuff. That scene in particular just it it scratched that Star Wars itch in a very particular way that hadn't been uh, scratched before. I I don't think uh, I think Rogue One is is a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever. Rogue One is getting better with age. I kind of yeah. I, I I do kind of think back on Rogue the One Vader scene fondly. scratches that itch, but it's straight up nostalgia, yeah. like a hundred percent. At least Rogue One, they were trying to do something original aside instead of like just going back to the same well that has been just yeah. suckled dry from yeah. the teat. Couple couple little uh, side notes, like thoughts over the last for the first couple episodes. One, um, I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction that uh, the dude's going to take his mask off because it's Pedro Pascal. Yeah, why they? Why would him? you cast Pedro Pascal if he's not going to show off that he's he is Pedro sexy. Pascal? He's sexy. At this point, he's like, he's not an A-lister, but he's like a strong B-lister at this point. Like, he is around. He is in a bunch of stuff. I would be your champion. I bet his, so, I bet he's pretty pissed off about that. I'm sure. I feel like he's going to take his mask off at some point. Um, also, I just want to know uh, what is a Mandalorian? Because that is yeah. still very... I like, though... I mean, of course, this isn't going to leave you with as many questions as something like Watchmen. But I do like that it's not holding your hand on episode one to explain everything. Yeah. I mean, if you want to c- compare this to Watchmen, Watchmen is also a show about people covering their faces. But... <laughs> It works. Yeah, I mean, those are completely different things. I do. I think that there is a strong possibility that this could be a better 2019 Star Wars property than The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So we got to talk about Jeopardy, guys. Two things. Big things. First thing, this GOAT tournament Mm. is big news. Very big news. First of all, something that caught my eye is this is happening on ABC, which is interesting Mm -hmm. because Jeopardy has always been on CBS. But ABC has put together this little tournament of the champions of all champions yep. between the three goats, the three highest earning Jeopardy champions of all time: James Holtower, Ken Jennings, Brad Rutter. It's going the way. Have you read the way it yep. works? It's very interesting. It's, actually, it's really the way they set it up is to play to each of their strengths. Yeah, in a really cool. So way. basically, it's going to be the three of them uh, every night. It's going to start January seventh, and every night there will be two different games that mm-hmm. air back to back, and whoever has the most combined winnings in the two games wins that day's what they call match, which is basically winning the day, and the play continues until. One of them has won three matches, and they get a million dollars. So that means that it could be a three-day show, or it could be a max of a seven-day show. Whoa. And that means that we're at least getting at least six episodes of the greats of all time playing each other, which is fucking awesome. This is in 2020? Yeah, January 7th is whenever it's coming out. That is – this is – awesome I'm, and it's hosted by trebek which is great because you know he doesn't have a lot of time hosting yeah. left mm-hmm. like i'm not like not even to be morbid like either way he would retire <laughs> like yeah. this man's old um so sad yeah but i'm so beyond excited for that tournament. I, i'm gonna like buy cable for that <laughs> i mean no i was i was saying like in a our separate group chat for this that we need to have like watch parties every night that this is going on because i have got so, the cable you have cable anymore? i'll i'll have to get on that hulu with live tv yeah again cancel for that. your um, nba league pass yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no i'm so excited for this i i didn't really watch brad's run of course i've seen his tournament of champions stuff but i mean i've seen all i watched all of ken's run back years ago whenever it was like back in high school and that that was, was elementary happening. school or yeah, even we were earlier ten, than that. We yeah. were ten years old. Yeah, it's a it, long time coming for Ken, and then for James Holtzauer, like that was incredible because I had that while I did have a cable package, and every day after work I would come home and look mm-hmm. forward to just watching fresh episodes of Holtzauer's yeah. run. Well, and the best part about it is, well, it depends on how you feel about each of these contestants. Obviously, I'm in favor of Ken over anybody because I so like Ken's your Ken's your guy. In no, this? I'm not I, picking him to win though. Here's well, here's the thing. Uh, Holtower is the best Jeopardy player ever, but he is not the greatest. He played about half the games that 
Ken played. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's why fact. that's why it is kind of the way that it works is playing to both their uh, strengths because Brad is kind of he's was the first version of Holtzauer where he was just a big winner, but he didn't have that long of a run on Jeopardy. Well, you couldn't. He only you could only go for five days when he had his big wins, and then he has won every tournament he's played in since then, including including beating, wins over Ken. He's beaten Ken. He also he did the thing with him and Ken versus Watson, mm-hmm. and uh, he did better than Ken. I think they both lost to Watson. Yeah, that's all to say that uh, there are Vegas odds for this, and uh, he Brad has by far the lowest odds because he's the l- least known of the three because yeah. he simply has had the fewest days on television. Also, I don't really like the guy to be honest. Yeah, he's not likable. Um, he seems. <laughs> like a guy who w- would bend over backwards to host jeopardy and no one wants it um anyway though uh, i think ken himself tweeted because you know someone posted about the vegas odds he was like i might risk getting arrested just to bet on brad here because <laughs> <laughs> brad is beats ken <laughs> like it's really clear uh but i mean james is obviously the wild card here like if he's feeling it he is unbeatable he is he is the boat ken is still the goat and then uh, Brad has kind of been fucked because the rules were just different when he was on. If they had been, you know, if he had gotten unlimited episodes, we have no clue how many he would have won. And wow. uh, it would have been something to see because that man is fucking quick with the buzzer. So the odds have uh, moved a little bit now. And actually, you're going to love this. Um, according to this is on a few different websites. So they're going to differ on different websites that you go to. But right now on this website that I'm looking at, Holtzauer is the favorite. At minus two hundred, meaning you bet two hundred dollars, you win a hundred dollars. Rudder is at plus one seventy five. Bet a hundred, get one seventy five. And Jennings is the underdog at two twenty five. I believe it. The thing is, Ken is the one who has most, like, he has easily the most personality of these three guys. He actually like is extremely funny, like on Twitter. He has interests outside of this. He writes books, etc. Uh, Brad tried to make it in the TV production, like with nice. it, with all his winnings, and he just did not it didn't go well um and then obviously james he i wonder if he is still betting on sports because he doesn't need to but well he uh he is like a professional gambler like he lives out in vegas and i it took a lot of convincing for friend of the pod girlfriend of the pod uh gaia to get around to this guy because he kind of has the affectation of like a sociopath yeah but he is like a really good guy he ended up donating like three quarters of his winnings to various yeah. charities i mean and stuff he's like already that. rich he has the top five highest winning like games in jeopardy history all yeah. five of them he owns he's here's here's a little metaphor for you uh uh um james is randy moss where uh i test wise when he was on the field you're like this is the best player of all time uh, Ken is uh, Jerry Rice because he was the best for like double the time. Uh, he just eye test was not as good as Randy Moss. You know what I mean? So this get is a good, good football wide thank receiver you, thank analogy you. for <laughs> thank uh, for our listeners this is, listening to a pop culture podcast. Also, there's that episode or there's that time that uh, James Holtzauer uh, pretended to moon the whole audience of Jeopardy, and then Joe Buck got really pissed off for some reason. <laughs> this is a Randy Moss joke. Randy Moss did that. Joe That's, Buck. Yeah. He. I got a hold on. So <laughs> this is like 2002. Minnesota Vikings. Randy Moss is so good. He gets a touchdown. He just pretends to pull his pants down. Like he mimes pulling his pants down and mooning the audience, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, Joe Buck, this fucking soulless, awful commentator, is like, and a disgusting act by Randy Moss. <laughs> what in the fuck is he watching, man? Hey, Joe Buck, legend. I like him more now. He's he's taking notes from everyone that he needs to act like he likes football. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about Jeopardy wise is who's going to be the new host. It's the thing is, uh, you know, you could say too soon or whatever, but regardless of anything that happens somebody. with Alex's situation, it's been known for years that uh, the show doesn't end with Alex. The show goes on and people have asked him personally before who he wants to host Jeopardy. And also like, you know, people have rooted around in like what the producers want of Jeopardy, yeah. like where, what direction they would want to go in. Uh, so I did like a really like a deep dive of research Let's here. Let's hear it. So the qualifications they're looking for. This is a quote from an article. Both Alex and show sources have indicated that they may be looking specifically for a woman and or a person of color to replace Trebek. Hell yeah. So beyond that, uh, there are some kind of more obvious qualifications you need to have. Uh, w- a well-educated person. You need someone who is seemingly smart enough to play the game of Jeopardy because Alex was and is. 
TV or radio experience, which a lot of people seem to think that they're going to dip into the pool of former contestants. And that is like the silliest idea in the world, in my opinion, because you know what you're not when you're a contestant is a TV personality. The only person who could do it is Ken. And even he... But- it, it is not going to cut it, to right. be honest. Like, if you've seen, he's not as telegenic as he used to be. He's aged like a good amount. It's been 15 years since he was in the spotlight. Uh, and he's also not a TV host. He is a charismatic regular guy, but a charismatic TV person is on another level. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, good voice, very important mm-hmm. because mostly all you're doing is hearing them. You don't even see them for the majority of the show. You just listen to them reading clues. They have to have a pleasant voice. Alex has an incredible voice. You know, you just love to hear that guy. Uh, And then also not just the tone of the voice, but like the cadence. You have to have that that kind of snarkiness. (laughs) Well, that's why they're looking for a woman or a person of color, because if that's the one knock against Trebek is that he's kind of sexist. Oh, that's right. We've talked about this before that every time that like Alewins, he's just like, oh, good job for you, little lady. (laughs) Yeah. Like he always, and he's just like the third day in a row for a woman. <laughs> like he always points out whenever a woman is doing well on the show. Yeah. That being said, I think that all signs that you're pointing to point to Steve Harvey being the next. Years. <laughs> Fucking kill. He, Every time somebody makes a wrong voice, he'll make a silly face. His yeah. mustache will furrow a little I, bit. I have a separate list of the picks that would make me stop watching Jeopardy. He's one of them. Nick Cannon would make me oh, stop. Jamie Foxx. No. Maybe Beat Shazam is his oh, audition tape. No. For... He would be better than Steve or Nick. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Nick Cannon is low-key fucking horrible at everything, and he just gets to be on TV every day. Anyway, uh, so the last thing is they're going to be looking for someone that's a little younger. I'm not talking like a 30-year-old or anything necessarily, but they're not going to want to freshen things up and like be like, oh, who's the new host going to be, and then settle on like a 65-year-old man. Yeah, you know, no like no matter how good they are and qualified, they want they want to bring some youth into the program, I'm assuming. Uh, even though it's not like it's doing poor, it's just you're d- you're definitely going to probably lose some people when Alex is gone. Uh, so to get them back, you may need to rejuvenate the idea of Jeopardy. Um, so here are Trebek's picks, which all were very interesting to me. Uh, the first one was Laura Coates, who is a legal analyst on uh, CNN. She also hosts a radio show on Sirius XM. She's a law professor. Uh, how, do you, how do you spell that? Oh, wait, it's, a, it's like first on my suggested yeah. list. Uh, the, it's listening. Yeah, she's a CNN. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Host. Yeah, so she has a lot of uh, you know radio and television experience, and she's extremely smart. She's literally a professor uh, at like a prestigious school in addition to being just her job as legal analyst. Uh, the next one is a guy named Alex Faust, who I did some research into. It was an interesting pick uh, because this is sort of a wonderkin play-by-play announcer who... He took over the reins uh, as the announcer for the L.A. Kings, which who had had like the same announcer for like 30 years or something. This guy took over when he was 28. He's still he's about 30 now. He is a white dude. uh, So that may go against what they're looking for. But it seems like he he definitely fits the bill. Like appearance wise, he looks like a really clean cut, just like solid guy. Uh, if this were probably five, 10 years ago, he would probably just be the front runner, (laughs) to be honest, because he is. Uh, being a hockey announcer when seemingly you have everything in the world going for you, it seems like there's a step up from there. Uh, so th- I found that one interesting. Then the last one just made me laugh. It's uh, Ben Mankiewicz, who is a host on TCM, which is that's, that's just that's a classic <laughs> old man pick by Alex there. Alex is just watching fucking, you know, old people channels. He's like, you know, that that man that puts on my stories is pretty good. I've seen this guy. He uh, he was a. He's the he is the TCM guy who, if you ever see him back in the day, him and then before him, his father would introduce Turner Classic Movies on the channel. Yeah, yeah. He's he was on. Uh, what was it? There was this YouTube. I I feel like they're still around. It's a YouTube um, movie review channel called What the Flick. Yes, he mm-hmm. he he is a, a very internet uh, present. Like he is like he's not just like an old guy but it is an old man pick to pick a tcm guy and it made he me has done some jeopardy stuff before like movie oh. specific oh yeah jeopardy. that's right yeah he's he introduces that. some of the um, those um there's another one that i saw which makes a lot of sense and that is um the one of the people gail big king. cbs person gail king yeah the thing with her is she's like 70 yeah so um, that is the part. She's 64. Well, yeah. Yeah. One of the the guy who is like the main source for a lot of this said that like they're looking for 
uh, a Gail King type, but I think that she's just too old. Mm. Um, like I think if they're gonna go, she would have. I feel like she would do well on the show too. Yeah, I don't know what her voice sounds like. She's a, uh, she's like a good good voice. Yeah. I mean, she's been on TV for thirty years. Yeah, he's so. been, she's been around. Anyway, uh, the past champs that always get brought up about this shit. Ken, obviously, he, he would be my pick if we have to do a past champ. I don't want to do a past I champ, like, honestly. I don't think that's a good idea. No, it's well, it's not. I mean, it's just simply people not understanding how TV works. Mm. To, to be like, yeah, no, the smart guy from the show should stay on the show. Like, no, there's a pool of people whose job it is to be good at TV. And they're, the contestants are not those people. Yeah, like, totally different. The most charismatic Jeopardy contestant is still a weirdo at mm. the end of the day. Uh, but Ken would be the best one. Buzzy Cohen, actually, Buzzy, I was gonna is, say, uh, is really good. Buzzy like, is a great personality. I just don't like him that much. <laughs> great personality. But he is a great personality. He has really good voice. He has made it very public that he would love to do it. <laughs> like he said, uh, like on Twitter and stuff. Uh, another good thing about Buzzy, uh, the name. Yeah. Fucking Buzzy, Buzzy Cohen, host yeah. of a game show. Are you Perfect. kidding me? Absolutely. Buzz in for Buzzy. Yeah, he also has, you know, <laughs> yes. he has a look. It's right there. A, a bit of an annoying look, uh, but still a look. He looks kind of like Buddy Holly. You know, he's one of those guys. Uh, and then Brad Rutter, who is just a no for me. Like, I just don't like the guy. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, the availables, this is just a bunch of trios I came up with. The availables are former game show hosts that would be on the list, but ended up like they would probably not just fit the bill, you know, because they might be too safe or boring. Uh, Tom Bergeron would be a great mm. Jeopardy. Like, I really actually love Tom Bergeron. I think he's a very underrated game show guy because he never had... Like, he had AFV, which was good. Uh, and then he's been on Dancing with the Stars casting, like, massive checks for, like, you know, a decade and a half. Uh, the thing is, he's an old white man. So uh, not freshening things up, no matter how funny the guy is. Maybe, they could, maybe they could merge America's Funniest Home Videos <laughs> with Jeopardy <laughs> in some sort of crazy wacko dystopia i mean in that same kind of note somebody who like if this was 20 30 years ago would have been cast in here and at least their name would have been in the hat i feel like it would be joe McHale. yeah he might not be smart enough to do it no yeah offense to joe McHale, but like <laughs> he i feel like joe McHale. like why don't we see that guy more he has his own game show uh, where they spin an automated or no, that's Dak Shepard's show. Yeah. He has a show that's similarly bad to Dak Shepard's show where he's just <laughs> yeah. a host for a game show that nobody watches on the game show network and you're like, he has such a classic leading man's face. Why doesn't I, he do I, anything? I think it's because he's not that good. Uh, like, obviously, <laughs> I'm a community stand for life uh, and I got into community because he talks about it on The Soup, which I, I watched when I was like 13 yeah. all the time. Nice. Uh, but I think that he doesn't have like a broad skill set, to be honest. I yeah, don't think he's capable fair. of a ton. Anyway, uh, another one of these types is Craig Ferguson, who I truly love mm. this man. Uh, he was the most like hidden gem of late night TV. He for is so available. Love, love Craig. He's available. Uh, exactly. The biggest knock, be like beyond the his race and age, is that he has a Scottish accent. And I don't know if they I think they might want an American voice. You know what I mean? I think that might just fucking unless like, they change the name to Scottish Jeopardy. I sidebar is Craig doing okay? What's Craig Ferguson been up to? Maybe since he I would lost guess his job. Uh, voice work. He does have. A, he has a oh, good voice. Oh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. He's around. Are you, are you gonna do it? It looked like you like geared up like you were gonna do a voice. I'm backing <laughs> off. I'm backing <laughs> off. Donkey. <laughs> you were like, like you were getting I'm ready to train to do my it. dragon. Yeah. <laughs> He's there that man go. is. I, he, there you go. You got it. He uh he didn't get utilized uh nearly as well as he could have. He also is an amazing writer. His autobiography, incredible book. Uh, anyway, uh, Meredith Vieira would maybe be the most vanilla, boring pick of all time. I think. Uh, she she was on Today Show. She was too boring for the Today Show. <laughs> I mean, she, maybe she's still on there to be honest. She's been hosting Millionaire, or she was for a while, and now Chris Harrison hosts it. Who, by the way, would be another choice that I would hate. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> but anyway, she she would be another person that like wh if they're making a giant master list of who to contact, the, all these people are on the list yeah. for sure. Uh, and then there are three more that I came up with the smart celebrities, because that's another category that gets brought up. Uh, celebrities who are known for being intelligent, because that's part of the qualification. And I picked three people who are not because obviously like Oprah is intelligent. She's not going to host Jeopardy. So I went with more realistic Andy Richter. He is doing essentially nothing for the past uh, 20 On years Conan? of his life. Yeah, he's, he's he just sits there. <laughs> yeah, he sits around and makes probably two jokes an episode. He dominated when he went on Celebrity Jeopardy. He absolutely nice. slayed it. 
uh, his look and voice are probably not what they're looking for. Uh, Ken Jeong is a doctor. Is That is known. Uh, he has a brand of being a smart guy, despite the fact that his comedy yeah. is anything Community's but. Community's <laughs> over. He hasn't really popped off since The Hangover. He is Masked in Singer? like he is in like eight oh. movies a year, though. As just like he just pops in, you're like, is that fucking he, Ken He's very busy because he, yeah, he's still in movies. He had a show, Doctor Ken, for a minute, uh, and then he is a judge on The Masked Singer, or I guess professional guesser, whatever you want to call his fucking job. <laughs> it's, it's a horrible show. Um, th- I I wouldn't like that very much. I think that he- the thing with him is I feel like I would like him if I met him, but his comedy is not funny to me. I- he can act the shit out of. See, I feel a like role. they're gonna go in a more serious route. I feel like it's more likely that they get a person who's like a CNN host. Yeah. Or yeah. Something Why don't like they go then? the dark route of available and do like Louis C.K. <laughs> like Matt Lauer, Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Well, now Brian Williams is actually. I, I still like. I Brian think you're Williams. gonna say Brian Singer. No. Oh, listen. Back. After all this Me Too shit, Brian Williams lying about being in a helicopter crash. That's <laughs> that nothing, man. That doesn't, even that doesn't that matter. Now. We. I love Brian Williams. Bring him back. Anyway, his daughter is pretty pretty hot. Um, <laughs> I named my cat after him. So. I... <laughs> the the last one, uh, is John Hodgman, who is extremely intelligent. Like he's made a brand off of actual intellectual comedy which is something that Ken Jeong hasn't been able to do to marry the fact that he's very smart with uh, comedy. Uh, but John Hodgman has, you know, he was Daily Show con- correspondent for years and years. He has a pod. He's around in L.A. He tours. He writes books, uh, fiction and nonfiction. He, uh, the thing is, culture has changed a lot since Jeopardy started. Everything is a little bit funny now, at yeah. least. Everything is at the least bit a little funny. Like, think about how commercials alone have changed in the past 10 years. You know what I mean? Ever since that old Spice ad dropped. Like, every commercial is trying to be funny now. I think we don't need someone who is, like, going overboard, but I think we need someone who can be funny. You Scott know? Ackerman? No. <laughs> he, he Give it to him. I would love... It. I feel like he would just be fucking with the contestants too yeah. much. <laughs> and I would love to see that, but... I, I ended up settling on a name that I think would... F- it First of all, it checks every single box that... Uh, Jeopardy has and Alex has and the producers have and also it's a fresh face to bring into the show it's someone with game show hosting experience it's someone with not only that a great voice voice acting experience uh, this person happened to voice Lana on Archer it's Aisha Tyler Ooh, okay she, I like that she's like been that hosting uh, Who's Line for a while because it's been revived I don't watch the revival because it's a little sad to watch but it's not her fault she is great. She has a great personality. She has the look, obviously. Uh, she is very well educated. She went to Dartmouth. Uh, so she fil- you know, she checks the box of that. But also, like I said, 80% of the time you're just hearing their voice. And she has yeah. literally a pedigree of She's a great voice. very successfully voice acting. Uh, and she, you know, she is, I think it's sort of condescending to act as if all of these funny people I'm mentioning would not be able to tone it down, you know? It's just a matter of, like, if you got someone way too big, then they wouldn't be able to chill. Like, I wouldn't want to see certain people because I would be like, no, you're so funny. I don't want to see you being serious. But she is, I think she's really capable of this. Like, and obviously, if if this is their checklist, I feel like she's on the short list. Like, if I were to make a prediction based off of that, like, if you're not allowed to make, you know, call one of the people Mm -hmm. that Alex said, I would I would say her. I would say that she's the one. Well, so you don't think Rob Schneider is in contention, is what you're saying? <laughs> Damn. He is uh, pretty epic. You know who I was thinking? Wolf Blitzer. Oh, God. He, he fun. famously got like negative like $10,000 yeah. on Celebrity <laughs> Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, idiot. I don't know how smart he is. I think he's really good at sounding smart. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, that that's my big You pick. have to be the cat. Because also, Alex, like... I, my favorite episodes of Jeopardy is whenever they suck and Alex is just so disappointed yeah. in all of them. It's like, how could you? Yeah, he's bummed out. Alex is just like, well, you move on to uh, you move on to tomorrow, not like you've earned it or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he just, like, talks down to all of them and makes we them all more feel of like that. shit. Yeah. Yeah. God well, damn it, I'm going to miss Alex. That's, this conversation is making me sad about I know, the future. It's, of, it's a huge bummer. He's I'm probably going to be gone. Like, he might not come. Like, I think that the tournament might be his last run. Well, it's a, there's they, a chance. They record, like, well in advance, so... So I don't know exactly, you know, it depends on how much they have backlogged mm-hmm. with him. But anyway, I think that that I think that that's the best choice is Aisha Tyler. I think that she's more than capable of being serious. 
uh and she also like you know he does talk to the contestants every episode and the comedy comes from the fact that it's awkward when you know what if a funny person was doing it maybe it would actually be funny yeah uh, well you heard you heard it here first if uh if she gets the job then drew called it uh if trump gets impeached just give it to him just put him in there <laughs> who me no trump <laughs> Oh, oh, Trebek? Put Trebek in the White House? Yeah. Oh, well, Switch yeah. him. I Trebek in the White House. <laughs> Trump has game show hosting experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they offered it to him, maybe it would lure him away from president. Because, yeah. like, I miss, I miss being on TV <laughs> exactly. every day. Exactly. You get to be on TV every day. Jesus. And then they bring him in the studio and they kill him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we all want. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening to We Bought a Mic. Uh, please listen to our review of Ford versus Ferrari. And look forward to the Irishman. The new Irishman. Martin Scorsese picture. Well, hey, before that, next week, we have uh, Knives Out. Knives Out. And Frozen 2? Perhaps. Perhaps. I'll, I'll, I'll see. Into the unknown. Into the unknown. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Much we have better. to do the Panic at the Disco version. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, all that good shit. Email us at webottomicagmail.com. Um... Also, leave us a review, five stars, please. And Epstein didn't kill himself. Bye. Bye. <laughs>